Listener note, this podcast contains views and opinions that are not to be taken as medical advice. The ideas presented by the hosts are their own and may be explicit at times. So a couple months ago, I had a patient come in with uh, nondescript low back pain. No, uh, as we all do. Right. No necessary means of injury or anything like that. Um, so I start doing my assessment. This is my first time seeing the patient. Patient. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Using that now. Uh, the the patient. Yeah, I have um, no patience for you. <laughs> so, anyways, I start doing my assessment, and um, turns out there's something going on with her pelvis. And uh, so, as I'm assessing her, I'm, I'm I'm planning on doing a technique on her to correct her pelvic alignment, in which I have to place my forearm between her middle be, or in between her legs, basically. And um, so I, I describe everything I'm going to do to her. I get her consent and, uh, and, and, and tell her exactly why I'm doing what I'm doing, explain all the structures. So, uh, and this, mind you, this is in the middle of the clinic. Okay. So I don't have her in a treatment room. I'm doing this out on the floor, mm-hmm. midday, patients everywhere. She's wearing leggings, tight leggings. Have her on the low mat. I tell her, all right, so what I need you to do is go back and lay on your back. I need you to just slightly open your knees a little bit so I can place my forearm between your knees. Okay. She gives consent. Okay, great. She does that, goes and lays on her back. As soon as she opens her knees, I look down and there's a hole the size of a beer can (laughs) in her leggings (laughs) and she is not wearing underwear. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. And you hate to see it. At that, yeah, that I did hate to see actually. (laughs) We're just going to leave it at that. Wow. But I mean, from a professional, well, so there's so many things running through my mind at first. It's like, okay, what I was actually doing is I'm looking at the patient's face in her general direction to see what her response is to the treatment. And of course, when going from looking straight down to her face, I pass past her crotch. Right. Well, this is just a normal Tuesday for her. She's probably not wearing underwear. And I'm like, okay, so what do I do? Do I tell this patient? What's going on? Do you have Dude. a moral obligation to remind her of her underwear needs? Of course I do because, well. Did you tell her? No. <laughs> I didn't tell her. So, I mean, these are the types of things that you have to think about, like, you know, on the fly when you're in the clinic when those types of things present themselves. So, I'm thinking, okay, A, this woman's vagina is hanging out on a low mat. That's, you don't, yeah, that, that's, you don't love to see that's that. That's not sterile. That is not sterile. <laughs> I'm thinking, B, okay, I got to hurry up and get her legs closed. So I mm-hmm. tell her, you know, okay, I can't do this technique out here on this low mat. And I don't need- come back again. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's time for a shower. There you go. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, uh, but, uh, you know, so I, I, I sat her up and, and got her into a treatment room that was closed and uh, went and talked to a female therapist and, and told her the situation. <laughs> And said, please give me one of your patients. We got a code seven in here. It's coming in hot. We need everyone. Call SWAT. Got a code clamberger over here. Episode of 
Clinic After Dark. Clinic After Dark. Clinic After Dark. We are very excited to finally launch this podcast. Uh, it's been a long time coming. Um, I took a fish oil and I popped an extra uh, multivitamin today, so I'm feeling pretty good. I took four vitamin C and three CLAs. That is cavalier. We don't advise you do this. Um, what we do advise is to listen to this podcast, have fun. Um, Ian and I created this podcast. Well, we created this idea. We are currently creating the podcast. We It's in the workings. It's in the workings. You know, you're watching how the sausage gets made. Um, so we wanted this podcast to... Is that is that a thing now? That's that's an that's analogy. A thing. You've never heard that? Like, let me show you. Let me show you how the sausage is. You never heard that? Yeah, yeah I'm not 14. I, what 14 year olds? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> well, that's a little bit of the podcast. So, um, basically, Ian and I have this idea. We are both uh, medical health professionals. We currently work in orthopedics. Um, we see two different sides of the same coin, and we want to. Um, show the perspective of what it's like to be a clinician because everyone has been a patient, you know, no matter what, it's your mom, it's your brother, your dog, everyone's a patient, you know, everyone goes to see the doctor, they go see some sort of health professional. But we wanted to create this podcast to show the side of the clinician with patient encounters as well as help distribute knowledge. Right. And, um, I, and, and it really is, uh, yeah, we're going to have a lot of fun in this podcast. So much fun. But um, we also want to deliver, you know, some some hard knowledge to, uh, you know, the the community that's listening, and we don't want any um, preconceived notions of this being a journal based um, podcast. Um, this is going to be very heavy on our personal experience and our personal opinion uh, as clinicians. By no means is this the letter of the law. Uh, when it comes to medicine or orthopedics. Um, this is meant to be educational and entertaining. So uh, we're going we're gonna to drink some beers during this and uh, have some fun, and hopefully everybody can, can get a laugh and some education at the same time. This is true. This is true, especially on the beer part, although maybe other forms. Oh, of and scotch. Sorry, I forgot. Scotch. Scotch, scotch right so good. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we are just super excited to, to do this. Uh, we are occasionally going to have guest speakers both on the side of health professionals and patients, uh, patients that we know, health professionals that we know, um, speak on different topics. We'll always have a hot-button topic each podcast. Um, and yeah. All right, and I am Zach. Um, I'm an athletic trainer. Um, typically, athletic trainers... To give some insight, I know athletic trainers not like a common term. We are not personal trainers. Um, athletic trainers are typically the sports medicine people that you see uh, on field with um, any type of athletic event. So football, soccer, volleyball, etc. Um, we're first responders, so like we're trained, we're able to uh, handle acute care. We can do uh, rehab. Um, but that's like the typical setting. Um, I work in a setting with uh, a doctor in uh, like a clinical setting. So um, orthopedics still, but he is a non-surgical doctor and we deal mostly in orthobiologics. So we do um, conservative treatments such as injections uh, of hyaluronic acid, 
Uh, we do PRP and we also do stem cell, which I am uh, certified in processing. So I do stem cell. I, we help, I help in the procedure with the harvesting, harvest that, that good good from the back. And then um, we process it, spin it down in the centrifuge a few times, just get the good stuff from uh, the bone marrow. So that's where the stem cells come from. And we can talk about that again later in another podcast, whatever. But then we re-inject it into orthopedic injuries, and it's magic. Um, I went to school at University of Laverne, went there for four years, got my bachelor's in athletic training, and I graduated 2017, and then started working in a physical therapy setting. And then that's where I met Ian. Hi, y'all. My name is Ian. I am a uh, physical therapist assistant. I work for the same corporation that Zach works for. In the a headquarters. Different setting. Yes, the headquarters, as we like to refer to it as. Um, <clears throat> so as I said, I'm a physical therapist assistant. Uh, no, I am not an aide. There's a big difference between Huge. an aide and a physical therapist assistant. Physical therapist assistant is a uh, licensed healthcare provider in the state of California through the Physical Therapy Board of California. Um, I've been licensed now for about four years, practicing in an orthopedic outpatient setting. Uh, that's where I met this young gentleman sitting across from me here. Uh, interviewed him alongside my director. That's right. Let's see. When, when was it that you started here? September 11th, 2017. That's right. Uh, my two years never is... Never forget. Never my forget. two years is coming up in like, what, five days? Oh, man. Isn't that, you were in my interview. I think that's so crazy. That's right. I helped interview you with the, the old uh, boss man there, yeah. who, who we shall not name that may rest in peace. But uh, <laughs> He didn't die. <laughs> no, but he moved on to bigger and better things. So, on, on to better things. So... Anyways, uh, yeah, I work in an orthopedic outpatient setting. Uh, primarily, on a daily basis, my my job is to treat, assess, reassess uh, patients based on their presentation. Um, my background is primarily in uh, exercise science, kinesiology. I started out as an athletic training major. Holla. Um, yeah. Holla. <laughs> and then I realized... Um, by the time I decided to get into this field, I was much too old to pursue a doctorate. Um, it was it was too much work and uh, too much money. Retweet. And uh, quite honestly, I, I love what I do. I love the fact that I'm I'm allowed to treat and assess patients on a daily basis and do everything that a PT can do within the scope of their practice. Uh, with the exception of evaluate and reevaluate patients or discharge them, um, so yeah, that's uh, that's that's kind of what I do, and um, I've loved every minute of it. Yeah, um, that's actually a cool part too. Is that Ian and I both we didn't start at the same time, but his and I our work relationship started when I began at where he was. Um, so it was cool to learn from him uh, in that physical therapy setting because, you know, as athletic trainers, we do have rehab knowledge, but it's not nearly as as big as someone who went to school specifically for physical therapy. So um, it was great to learn under him and uh, other physical therapists. So um, 
gained a lot from that. And then the setting I'm in now is almost like a complete 360, 180. What is it? How, I, I, how does know, that work? A, a three, a, you know, a 360, you just you, you flip and you're right well, back where well, you were. You know, <laughs> you're looking at the same thing. Literally, you turn around and go to the same place you were at. So, so would I say a 180? I would say a 180. It's, a 90? Did I hit a 90? Maybe a 45? <laughs> <laughs> it's not a 360. Whatever the one is, that's like going halfway across the world. Like, you're going across the world. You don't say halfway across the world. If you go across the world... You're back where you started. <laughs> but can you really go across the world? The Earth isn't flat. Facts. Um, right, we're <laughs> we digress. But, but. Um, yeah, so I did, a, I did a spin that wasn't completely full, and I turned to um, the clinical setting. So now I'm kind of back to my hardcore athletic training routes where I can do evals on patients, um, determine what's ailing them, and then use my healing hands to help. Just what, kidding. What, what, but. I, what, I, what I find interesting about your particular setting is it's a niche that that a lot of athletic trainers don't get to explore. Yeah, that's I why like. I love this part. You know, you, you talk to most athletic trainers, and they're either <clears throat> courtside, fieldside, working directly with athletes. They're working in the training room in a, you know, a collegiate setting. Um, and... And they're not working in necessarily a clinical setting. Right. And um, when this this job opportunity came about for you, that's why I was so excited for you because you get the best of both worlds. You get to evaluate and assess patients mm -hmm. um, at the same time working alongside physicians and other healthcare professionals in a clinical setting, which um, as a physician's extender. Which is, right, physician's is, extender. Which is really a pretty cool niche that you got into. So yeah, uh, like we were talking to you, sir. Thanks, man. Yeah, we, it's like we were talking about earlier. I'm an I'm an extension, as if the doctor's arm was this long. Can you imagine the doctor's arm being three feet long. You're the extra foot, which makes it four. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, and then you know, Ian and I developed a good friendship outside of work as well so that's kind of how we came to be here on this podcast we decided yeah that I, I gotta admit zach when i first when i first met you in, in, uh, in the office you know at the headquarters when uh when uh, we first met i do have to say i thought you were probably a young tool <laughs> and you found out, out it's true <laughs> and Every single bit of my assumptions were true. <laughs> I was spot on, and I hated every minute of it. Yeah, you had your nice little, uh, you know, your pressed suit on. I and did. your resume, I and did. every answer was perfect. Crispy, yep. I mean, you were ready to get employed. <laughs> but but in, yeah. in all seriousness, um, I've, worked with, um, I've worked with several aides over the short course of my career, only only four four years now, um, the turnover at the headquarters has been quite substantial. And how uh, good of a fit was that? Like our our team fit mm, so well. No, it, it really did. It was um, it, it really was meant to be. Uh, I know I don't ever like to believe kismet. Any, yeah, kismet. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I don't even know what that means, but. I think it's like some sort of like destiny meant to be. I think it honestly means meant to be. Okay. Check that out. I'm going with that. There you go. 
But uh, no, I've had a lot <laughs> of great. Stars. I've had a lot of great aides work beside me in the past. Um, and I'm not just trying to blow smoke up Zach's ass over here because I'm sitting across the table from him. But, uh, you know, he, he really fit in. He's a team player, and he, he has brought to the table a lot more than just a hard work ethic. He's a very skilled, smart individual um, who, quite frankly, knows his shit. Um, you know, when it comes to patient care, when it comes to treatment, evalu- evaluation, assessment of patients, um, he, he really knows what he's talking about. And from an aid perspective in the physical therapy setting, I mean, he went above and beyond, um, as far as his, his, uh, his, his qualities and his skill set that he brought to the table and his ability to adapt, uh, patient care, plan of care, uh, exercise progression. Um, and it, it, it was really, uh, quite refreshing to, to bring him into our clinical setting and now, and now to see, uh, him really grow into the the uh, clinician and and see him work in the the clinical setting is is really nice so good job man wow man thanks quite quite nice you want to make out or something that was pretty good i'm starting to get a chubby over here (laughs) in my notepad so (laughs) you know you got a glass of cold cold water i could splash on my face uh sorry i apologize (laughs) nice yeah no it matches mine too so that's good All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break, get some more beer, and we will be right back. drinking here oh there goes the customary first sip oh so good right tonight we got a little uh stone uncanny annie uncanny uh, 23rd anniversary double ipa and uh according to stone which is nor a sponsor of us nor do we sponsor them yet (laughs) (laughs) exactly um no aluminum products used in uh, making this this beer here. Um, yeah, we don't support that. Double IPA, environmentally friendly and environmentally tasty. Environment. So Amazing. if you have a chance to uh, partake in the old Stone Twenty Three Uncanny Annie, I would very much so suggest it. This one's eight point five percent alcohol. Jesus, dude, sixteen ounce pipe gonna get you wrecked. You say pipe. <laughs> pint right these are pint right. glasses pint. Okay. sorry i have a tendency to slur my words when i'm drinking ipas when you're drunk and have a side shooter of scotch that's good however that's pretty good not, not too not too shabby yeah. right yeah i still like pog better but this is pretty P- good pog is good because it is the summertime and it's yep. a uh it's a refreshing Little uh, little little banger. In there. Yeah. yeah, I like Stone because they have these specialty beers. They 
that brute IPA that we drank um, X number of months ago was so good. Yeah, that was that was a uh, that was a New Year's uh, IPA. That was a drink by <laughs> IPA. It was a, the old uh, drink by January first. Yeah, that, that was, was uh, pretty good. You have a bunch of those in your garage, right? You I, have I do. I I, um, I I make it a habit that every time I see a Stone Drink by date beer, I like to pick them up. And typically, you'll find them, you know, out around yeah, the holidays. Where can you buy those? Uh, it, it, you know, it, it's kind of hit or miss. Encourage you, the drinkers. You, our if listeners. you've got, if you've got a, a local, say, boutique liquor store, as I like to call them, um, beers and brews. <laughs> um, yeah, we don't. Yeah, I'm not, not promoting that, but uh, beers and brews. Yep. Uh, <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, if you have a, a you know a local uh, liquor store that, that stocks craft beer. You can typically find them out there, and they and, and usually it's it's going to be a drink by you know uh, you know the first of the year or July Fourth or Christmas or Thanksgiving, and every now and then they'll come out with a drink by beer that's just a random date. Um, but I like that. I think that keeps your drinkers like it keeps it more intimate, like more personal, right. you know, because then it's like not everyone's drinking this. It's a it's a small batch thing, and I like that because I, I don't drink Coors Light, and I don't advocate that you would ever drink. Well, I don't drink. Coors water, anyways, like ever, um, beer because it's it's not beer. It's life is short. Water. Don't drink piss water. <clears throat> However, um, I did I did have the opportunity to tour the the Stone Factory. Um, I don't know. Uh, I Where guess is the Stone my, Factory? It was for my, my birthday. Uh, it's down in Escondido, California. B day. <clears throat> and um, they have a legit independent owned operation going on down yeah, there. Yeah, actually. Um, and the notorious POG, uh, I think you probably noticed tonight that my fridge is well stocked with those. Hog life. Uh, our, our tour guide said that the notorious POG was a, a one time thing and that uh, if you see it in the stores, you better buy it up because it's going to be going out uh, soon. Limited as it's coming run. in. Huh. And now, um, I, I think that's just. Um, I think that's a bunch of propaganda to get them to sell some stuff because I'm seeing Tom them all over Fullery. Ralph's and I'm seeing them all over Vaughn's and uh, pretty much every corner liquor market that I, uh, I've i stopped by. They're just trying so, to bamboozle uh, you. Yeah, but uh, in any case, Stone Beer is uh, is a good drink. Yeah, I, they're kind of local to that San Diego area, right? That's kind of... Yeah, they, uh, they, they actually have, um, they have breweries all over Southern California. But they, it, it, one thing that I found was really cool about their brewery is that they actually will bottle and ship for small independent breweries that That's don't cool. have the resources yet to do that for themselves. Hmm. So obviously they're going to take a cut of the profit, um, but they like to get young independent breweries up and running on their feet and, uh, and, and, and get them going. So they, they will distribute and, uh, and can and bottle for, for these, uh, they prey on the young. Okay. You had to go. <laughs> anyway, stone's great. So get basically stone. stone is the pedophile of stone. breweries. Yes. And, but in uh, a good way, like a, like a stealing from the rich, giving to the poor type of situation. Yeah, that doesn't even make sense. Okay. Antonio Brown. Uh, been big in the news you know, fairly hot. recently. Yep, hot button topic. Um, he was on one team, which was the was it the Raiders? Yeah, it was the Raiders. It was the Raiders. He was the Raiders. Got released, and then he signed he was released for um, a week. But no, I mean he was released for uh, wasn't he? It was for being verbally disrespectful or something. Oh yeah, like it was that Gruden. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gruden, mm-hmm. right? And then the he. Just general specifics, but then he signed with the Patriots, and Patriots fans are happy everywhere, I'm sure. Uh, and then, literally, the day of, the day after, 
couple days after something came out in the news which i'm sure many people are familiar with some people aren't but um a personal trainer of his came forward with uh sexual allegations uh towards antonio brown things Mm -hmm. that he did to her at his house on three separate occasions over the period of what two two years years, two years which is like a long time um the story we're going to tell you we're going to talk about more from a from a healthcare professional standpoint as opposed to like a morality type of standpoint but you know they, they can intermingle and we will go over that but anyway so um the first instance antonio brown exposed himself to his personal trainer uh while she was in the house obviously it didn't go over well he she was upset and he apologized wouldn't happen again the second time she was also at his house she was supposedly watching well not supposedly i guess this was in the articles that we read she was, was in in the news in the news because you know the news is so trustworthy and you can trust everything in the news. everything because it's in the news um she was watching a church seminar or like a church um stream something you know that that's pretty popular nowadays but anyway she was watching that antonio brown <laughs> came up behind her um got himself ready and <laughs> and completed his task on her back which is crazy like when you say completed his task was he like writing an essay he or? skeezed <laughs> he, straight, he straight up skeezed Ski, on, ski, her. Skated on her yeah i don't uh, i'm not no, no, I'm laughing sorry. That's, that's just that's just i'm just like how like, that's just rude <laughs> i'm sorry Okay. Who just goes up and just like, yeah, this is gonna be a good plan. No, I mean, we we don't need to get into the details no, of that. No. But I mean, how are you just sitting there? Like, she must have been really into her church seminar to not notice Antonio Brown behind her just busting a nut. <laughs> he might, he might, she might have had headphones. You know, it's possible. Who knows? I yeah. just, but again, I just um, think that whole situation is nuts. Like that, if that is exactly literally. how it went, it was nut busting crazy. Um, okay, that is the second time she said enough's enough. This is disgusting. Like I can't believe you do that, <laughs> which is within well within reason. Um, and then he, she said, I'm not going to do your be your personal trainer. I'm not going to help you anymore because apparently he bragged about it in emails or texts or something to her, which is weird to brag about because it's like good job I guess. I don't know. <laughs> but um, so then a yes. year, I think there was like a year hiatus in their personal, friendly, professional relationship. And then he said, please, I've changed. Uh, I won't do it again. And then I don't know the specifics about this, but then again. 2018. He, 2018. So that was 2017. And then 2018, he, uh, she came back over to another one of his houses, and he forced himself on her. Uh, and that, I think, is the basis of it. She didn't come forward until he switched on to the Patriots. Um, whatever her reasoning is, and just for holding it in this long is her reasoning. Um, but it's just not – any way you look at it, it's just a bad, it's just a bad look, and it's not a good chain of events. That yeah, I mean, any way you look at the situation, there's there's um, some de- definite uh, questionable activity there on on the part of Antonio Brown, um, which is highly unprofessionalist, you know, with that that relationship. Which I mean, she's not a, a, a medical professional per se; she's a trainer. But we have a similar relationship, I'd say, with our patients. Right. Um, you, know, you don't want to shit where you eat. That and I, you don't want to rape people. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's we just, strongly, uh, we strongly support the non, the, the no the non rape, forcing. Uh, no, no yes. forcing. Uh, so 
Um, a couple questions come to mind here with this story. So um, it's difficult. So with patients, um, you're, you're going to form a bond over the time that you are caring for these people. Absolutely. Um, you know, oftentimes we're the only people that actually spend an hour one-on-one with the patient. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, in the medical field, you know, doctors aren't spending that time. Um, you know, x-ray techs aren't spending that time. We're spending that time um, with, with the patients. So we, 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 you know, develop a really good relationship. Yeah. So you gain that trust. You do, uh, because, you know, when patients go in to see physical therapists, athletic trainers, personal trainers, um, that's that's a, an hour of time that is not only physically um, rehabilitating, but it's also mentally in a lot of ways and can be emotionally for some people. Uh, this is misconstrued a lot of times with patients on the patient side, with uh, some healthcare professionals on their side, and there's... There's a very black and white to it. There's a strict line, but people people blur it a lot. Uh, you can get too friendly. You know, you meet a lot of different people, a lot of personalities, and it's easy to misconstrue that. No, a- absolutely. Um, and, and and I know that you're you're the way you work as an athletic trainer uh, is is different uh, as I, the, the way that I work as a physical sure, therapist sure. assistant. Um, but oftentimes, I mean, you worked in the physical therapy world as well, um, you know, and you you start to build those relationships because you're there one-on-one an hour of time. Mm-hmm. And um, oftentimes I'm putting my hands on patients, you know, to correct whatever dysfunction they have. And once you, you touch somebody physically, um, and, and you build that level of trust with them that they're okay with you touching their body um, and, and they know that you are there for their best interests. Right. Feelings can, can develop, whether it's a friendship or whether it's something more than a friendship. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've experienced that in, in my career. Um, and it, it definitely is one of those areas. And like Zach said, it is a very black and white issue. Yeah. No matter what, you know what's right. You know what's the wrong. The ethical obligation is to the patient, and to not only protect them from harm, evil, <laughs> the evil <laughs> that lays out there in those predator therapists, uh-huh. but to protect them from themselves, um, ultimately. And sometimes you have to put patients in their place, or not necessarily. I won't say it that way, but sometimes you have to put, you have to, you have to educate patients. And, and let them know that there are boundaries and that there are guidelines and that those boundaries are in place for their best interest. Yes. Uh, don't get us wrong. We know there's plenty of people on the healthcare side that are, are predatory. We, we, this podcast is specifically from the healthcare standpoint. So we're talking in patients because you know, it comes all the time where there's so many people in the news, doctors, um, different personal trainers, different physical therapists that are always getting in trouble because they're – you know, doing what they're not supposed to, not getting their consent, doing touching more. So we're talking more on the other side, where the patient could be someone coming towards uh, the healthcare professional. Not that there's, you know, then but you know the wrong is in, on both sides. It doesn't mean that right. one person more. Sometimes, in some cases, um, there's a the thing with physical therapy, with athletic training, with rehabilitation, anything where you are meeting a group of people twice a week for an allotted time every week for a, for over a, a window you're going to build these relationships and you're going to meet a lot of personalities a lot of different people who 
interact differently. So some people are going to be less friendly. Some people are going to be more friendly. Um, and you know, your job as a healthcare professional is to make sure it stays on the good part of that line. So here's here's the the, the question I ask. Sure. Um, you know, and we can bounce this off of each other um, because you and I both practice ethical practice. Uh, we do. It's redundant. We do but, it. Uh, we do. So practice. Um, how how do you how do you deal with the situation if uh, and when it presents itself? From your experience. So, I'm gonna try to like. Okay, so let's say I'm, I mean we can generalize. Yes, yeah, no, know? that's Say this, this situation presents itself in the clinic. How, how do you how do you handle that? So the first instance where this happens, I feel like can be easy to interpret wrong. So let's say someone is coming on to me. You know, you that could be their first impression. Yeah, so that could be their first impression of um, how they act. So maybe I'm thinking, oh, this is just how they are. I don't know if they're coming on. This is how it is. But you know, if it starts to appear more as a pattern, that's when you have to shut it down a little bit. We do have patients where I, when we see patients upstairs, and that we have to get them changed into gowns for them to go to X-ray. And you know, they occasionally will make a joke, like, "Oh, I, I you know, I'll be like, do you need help tying the back?" And then you know, older female patients will be like, um, "Yeah," or she's like, "I'm, I don't need help, but I can't believe I'm turning away a young." man to help me undress you know stuff like right. that and, and that's the that's first time common. especially like, among like, i would say <laughs> i'd say among the geriatric population yeah, yeah. i think those uh-huh. those older individuals especially mm-hmm. in the geriatric yeah. population like to get you riled up a it's, little bit it's harmless like but you know at some point too you're kind of like all right and then because you didn't you end up seeing that patient again and then those kind of jokes don't stop and we are also talking from the point of view of a man i'm sure it's it's worse for the point of view of a woman but you know i'm just talking because i can only talk for myself um that you know those jokes do stop because then there are occasional patients who are you know not of the older age and they will make jokes like that and you're like okay so then you have to send in you know a female cohort or someone that's less you know because then it's just you have to distance yourself from that because it's not you want to protect your job you want to protect the integrity of yourself and the integrity of the patient and then also like documentation and stuff right and i think that's a very fine line that you and i walk that anyone in the healthcare field walks because um once you develop that relationship and you build that that trust with the patient it's it's a friendship Mm -hmm. it's a professional friendship but it's a friendship but in those cases it's a very fine line that you walk that can sometimes get blurred i think um by some healthcare professionals and they get wrapped up in it and i think that's how a lot of these these situations end up happening and i mean in in some cases i mean there are you know i've heard of physical therapists that have been prosecuted that are that it comes out that they strictly got into the field just because they wanted to abuse people. And um, it's something not only for the patient to look out for, but it's also something that we as healthcare professionals need to look out for as well. And circling back to the Antonio Brown story, so there's some things that it's hard. I don't want to come off as saying blaming faults and stuff, but from the healthcare professional standpoint, Taylor, I think, I believe her name, the personal trainer that was Antonio Brown's equipment. Taylor Swift? Taylor Swift, the one and the same. Um, no, I, th- I think her name was Taylor, something like that. But anyway, Taylor and Antonio Brown knew each other from back in school. They weren't super close friends. They weren't best friends, but they've known each other. So there's a previous history, which is kind of why I think things were escalating farther than it was. doesn't mean that like they were sexually together, but I think she was trying to 
be nice because it's like, okay, this is my friend Antonio from back in the day. So uh, the first time he exposed himself, if this was a patient, it's over. You can't. That's the, yeah. That's one hundred percent. That's a big um, no. Yeah, one hundred percent. That is. That's a red flag. Yeah. That's not a yellow flag. No, that's it's, a, that. That is a red that. flag. One hundred percent. I'm sorry. Um, you know, you need to cover yourself back up. Yes. And we've actually had that happen in the clinic. Uh, not with me personally, but it, it has oh, happened. Yes, that's right. A therapist yes. of ours uh, apparently mm-hmm. had a patient that thought we were running a massage parlor. Happy long and, time. Uh, you know, she came into the treatment room and he was uh, fully exposed, waiting for his happy ending. Yeah, and that that patient never came back. Yes, so that's a that's a one and done. So I feel like the first time should have been over. Uh, I can't speak. You know, maybe this was an incredible job. She was making a lot of money. Um, not saying that that should be ways to to justify it, but I you know I don't know her personal reasons for staying on after that. I think maybe too part of it was that. They were friends, so she was maybe just trying to be like, okay, dude, like, chill out. This is the last time. Yeah, and I mean, let's not also forget the factor of, um, of the psychological aspect of mm-hmm. it. Of, you know, I mean, not to say that the, you know, the first, the first incident that's happened, the instance that this happened, it was, it was not rape. It was exposure, rape. which is still um, traumatic. It yeah. can be in some cases, and if there is a strong Flasher. psychological connection there. Oftentimes, uh, abuse victims, they don't want to come forward with it because they're afraid of ridicule or embarrassment Mm -hmm. or or they're going to be accused of trying to make gains. Also, the platform. Exactly. I mean, he's he's a prominent pro athlete. Yes, exactly. And And who is she to come out and make claims against this guy? So who knows what what may have motivated Mm -hmm. or not motivated her at that time? Right. But after first exposure... Typically, it's in a bad. medical setting, you know, yes, and you know, that's that's one and done. Second time, that would not have happened, yeah. So, second time <laughs> would not have happened, but okay, let's say the first time, you know, she's passed that. The second time, he he actually, you know, did something to her personal space, and that actually can be con- that actually that's could a, be charged as physical assault, exactly. It could be, so that's why I'm also Even curious though he too. just finished, yes, that's so. Still- I'm just curious, you know, like, okay, again, she had her own reasons, but. That she did cut it off. To be fair, she said she was done. Well, she like she cut done. the arrangement off. She yeah, she should have she, <laughs> she should have cut it off. Cut his parsimony. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, um, she cut it off, and then she was like, "I'm done." But then again, she ended up seeing him again, and then that's when the, the trouble started. So I just it's hard to see that to know that. You know, a lot of it could have been prevented, but again, I'm not. I'm not trying to place blame. I'm just strictly, okay. If this is person A, which is the healthcare provider, and person B, I'm not going to put names. So it's like, you know, that could have definitely ended bad, or m- much better. Uh, could have ended better. But then again, you know, she ended up seeing him again. Um, and yeah, um, I don't know. Honestly, it's an interesting situation. Mm-hmm. Um, These are not solutions, by the way. I'm no, just giving my no, opinion. No, no, no. These are our personal opinions yes. and our personal yes. thoughts, and hopefully somebody finds this entertaining. <laughs> I do. Um, <laughs> I find this highly entertaining. We're fucking funny. <laughs> um, can I present a situation that I encountered similar in the clinic? Sure. Um, so, had a patient, female patient, um, again, back pain. Um, I was working on her psoas, uh, which are the, the deep muscles of the spine. Um, getting them to release so that she could relax her back. And 
his the back first, patients, man. You gotta stay away from Dude, I swear, patients. everybody has a fucking bad back. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's that's another that's another podcast. Mm-hmm. But so, anyways, working on her on her psoas, uh, obviously putting my hands on her. And so the first time I really got her so as to release uh, through palpation, um, she made a comment to me that this was afterwards. She made a comment to me that she felt like she was really connected to me when I did this, and that um, and that she she felt a strong connection, and that when she got that release, that it was almost orgasmic, and Jesus. and those were her exact words. And my interpretation of that was, well, okay, I relieved her pain. And so in doing that, she felt that relief, which, okay, that could be, if she'd been in chronic back pain for X amount of years, okay, maybe that was orgasmic. I mean, if I'd been in chronic back pain for five years, it'd be like having an orgasm. If somebody could do it with the snap of their fingers, absolutely. That's the mindset. Second visit, she comes in. I do this technique again. I work on her other side. This time when I release her psoas on the other side, she lets out a moan. <laughs> okay. And grabs my arm. Nice. Like, and I'm not talking about a grab like pulling away. I'm talking about a grab like it was one of those grabs where you know she you braced just, herself for impact. Yeah, <laughs> no, it was it wasn't that. It was it was more of a caress. Let's okay. say that you know. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I knew something wasn't right. Okay. In that in that relationship, right. because- patient provider relationship in healthcare you're, you're smart enough to know when Ex- wins win <laughs> right yes. and um at that point i had to tell her you know i will continue to see you but i'm no longer going to be working on you like this because there's obviously something going on there that's whether it's emotional or whether it's a connection right. between you and i yeah. but i need to you know i need to make you aware of this because there are boundaries mm-hmm. and she was completely understanding she's a massage therapist so she what? yeah she was a massage therapist um, and so she was very understanding of that. So I got very lucky in that sense. Mm-hmm. But that's just kind of a, 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 an idea of what I've dealt with, kind of in a similar, yes, yet yeah. scaled down aspect. Well, it's good too because like that could have easily progressed, and anybody else could have easily been like, oh, let me just take advantage of this. Let me uh, right. And for me... those of you who don't know where the psoas is, it's very low on the lumbar spine, down into the pelvis. You have to go from the front. And you have to go from the front. Yes. And um, I mean, any therapist could uh, who who this this uh, connection was misconstrued by, they could have obviously taken advantage of this patient if right. that connection was made, and and they didn't. The therapist didn't have a good ethical background mm-hmm. and didn't practice ethically. Yep. This patient could have very easily be ta- be taken advantage of. Yes. So back to morals. Yep. Exactly. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. That was our first. Uh, please be very forgiving of the sound, forgiving of how many uhs I do. It's our first one. We will get better. Yeah, and I think as this goes on, we're going to uh, just drink more beer. More beer. And have a lot more fun. Way more fun. Very excited about this podcast. We hope you guys are too. We hope to get some of you on, hear your stories, hear your opinions, um, and tell your friends. Tell your mom, tell your mom's friends and your mom's dog. All right, guys, next time. Till next time.